Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. I'm Suha Shreether, and today I'm joined by Brittany Brown and George Boston. Hey, guys. Hey, Suha. Hey, Suha. So today we're going to talk about a hot topic in the industry, artificial intelligence. And we're going to talk about AI in general and how it relates to the supply chain. But first, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on AI in general. It's something that we're hearing a lot about, both in the consumer world and now in the business world. In your mind, what does AI actually mean? So I would say that it's a computer or a machine being able to make some leap of judgment, you know, where traditionally machines were fed a set of instructions and it would perform computations. I think with AI, you can kind of give an open-ended query for the machine to come back and based on its experience and its data stores give you a result. Right. Yeah. And, and George is very technical and smart at all of this. When I talk about it, I'm almost coming from a consumer's perspective. And I think of Alexa and how we are using artificial intelligence as consumers. But from an enterprise perspective, I think similar to how George's defined it, we're looking at multiple data sources and we're able to, well, the computer artificially is able to prescribe a solution and George had put it like this earlier, it's a deliverable. It's something that the computer's able to give us that we would have taken more time to do ourselves. Yeah, it's kind of interesting with the consumer examples, with something like Alexa or Siri or Google Assistant. Right now, our closest experience with AI is voice assistants, right? Where we're speaking to them or typing to them, and then they're basically mining a whole bunch of data and bringing back a result for us. But do you see that kind of application being something that translates into the business world? Or do you see AI in the business world taking on a sort of different form? There's some direct correlation. So I like to look at the example of ways where you can say, I want to get from point A to point B. If you go back 20 odd years ago or so, when we're looking at paper maps, now we have this app that we kind of take for granted, but it's actually looking at traffic information based on real-time feeds to give us a route that we probably wouldn't have thought of taking to get there in the most efficient manner. Now, if you look at a company like a DHL, that's what they do, making deliveries, that's invaluable. Yeah, and I think it's probably not an accurate statement to correlate artificial intelligence with voice activations. We often do that because that's where we're at right now. But Moving forward, it'll be exactly what George is talking about, more of a ways type of taking all of these data feeds, giving us those updates in real time, and maybe prescribing a better solution. I would love when Alexa could tell me that there's a movie out that, based on my ratings, that I would love to see and tell me where it is in the closest theater and the price and how long away the train is that I have to take to get there. You know, that's when Alexa steps up to being intelligent. Right now, she's just smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, this doesn't seem too far away either, because if you think about it, if you watch Netflix, Netflix's recommendation engine is considered one of the best examples of machine learning. And all you would need to do really is to probably tie that into something like a voice assistant so that you can basically interact with that piece of data as well as, you know, the movie Showtime data and all of that. And it doesn't seem like that's too far away. But for me, looking at it in the context of supply chain, I think that the potential is enormous in that, you know, we often talk about the idea of networked entities and networked supply chains and how data needs to basically flow from all of these different partners for them to optimize amongst each other. And sort of the ability for an AI to 
pull from all of those different sources of data seems pretty powerful. And that's why supply chain is a really good place to start when you think about it. You need multiple data sources. And in a supply chain, not only do you have multiple regions, you have multiple departments, you have multiple companies, multiple modes. Well, imagine you had a system that could tell you about a demand source that you were unaware of and then tell you about the carriers that can get your product there and the costs involved because it knows that you have inventory that's easily accessible. You know, that's probably pie in the sky, but I think that's probably like an end goal for artificial intelligence where it can consume more data than any one human or even maybe even one team of humans in a fraction of the time and say, here's an opportunity. That's a good point. And we've talked about the fact that all of these applications of AI are related to consuming data and then doing something with it. Do you think that an enormous amount of data is then a prerequisite for AI? Or can there be smaller applications of AI without having all of this like huge amount of data that obviously Google's and Netflix and all of those people being consumer apps can get all of that data? I think it's just the value you can get from it, right? So if there's more data coming in, you're going to get more value from being able to analyze it quickly and be prescriptive as opposed to smaller amounts of data. Yeah, I think the volume of data kind of drives that value. You know, so like imagine there was a, a survey that said there were 20 missiles. You know, what's the value of that where if there's another survey that told you there was 20,000? So just the volume can drive value. And then there is the problem, you know, when there's so much volume, how do you comb through that to get reasonable insights? You know, so it's not just artificial intelligence, but what's the staff that you need to build that artificial intelligence? You know, there's this huge demand now for data scientists. Right. That's actually true. It's almost like as the sources of data increase on the one end, then you also need on the other end, people who can smartly analyze this data and come up with systems or algorithms that can then go on and put that data to good applications. Do you see a relationship on the data side between technologies like IoT and, you know, providing supply chain data that would fuel supply chain AI? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think IoT is going to be one of the big sources of data. A month or so ago, I, I read about an initiative just on the LTE infrastructure within North America where they want to make it cheaper to be able to track pallets, to track trucks. And there's just a ton of information then that can become available. So I can always know, you know, not only where my product is, but maybe even environmental conditions. You know, if it's a, imagine it's pharmaceutical and it's temperature controlled or it's perishable goods. That's just more information that I have at hand. So Brittany, you've kind of dealt with customers who are taking some of these initiatives to adopt some of these new technologies or at least look at incorporating some of those new technologies into a supply chain strategy, what are the challenges they're facing in either adopting IoT on the data side or AI on the analysis side? Where do they start and what obstacles are they encountering? Your question is such a good one and and I get the question all the time, we want to put together a strategy, we don't even know where to start. And honestly, you hear these different types of strategy. Do I have an artificial intelligence strategy or an internet of things strategy? Or do I just have a digital transformation strategy? And that's probably where to start. What strategy do you need to have? And that's 
the conversation we hear with our customers all the time, especially manufacturers. They're trying to understand how they take the change that's happened in retail and capitalize on it. So what I'm finding is they're typically starting with a digital transformation strategy. So how to digitize the data that happens within our organization on a day-to-day basis, but then move forward and become more strategic. And then we start seeing Internet of Things For manufacturing, a lot of times it happens within their products, so that's a different conversation. And then they look at artificial intelligence. A lot of times you'll have one particular executive at a company who comes from a data background, and that seems to be their focus and their passion. That's what I'm seeing in manufacturing right now. Is there a concern about sort of change to the manufacturing process that that would require, or is this kind of technology able to incorporate into the existing paradigm of how manufacturers produce goods or do they require some sort of radical change to their process? So there's a bit of the production side that they're looking at, but a lot of it is how do they deliver to their customer in a more flexible manner. So we're not seeing that as a consumer, we have to go to a store to buy a product, I can get it online. And how can I get that product online sooner and maybe closer to the, the point in which it's been produced or where it's been produced? So that question is what manufacturers are asking themselves. How do I get my product to a customer with as few middlemen as possible? Right. George, do you think that as far as that journey goes, Something that you know Amazon is constantly trying to do is to decrease that delivery time, and they're doing it through a host of different means, including you know having their own carrier networks and also being able to have these kinds of new distribution center models. For a company that doesn't have that kind of resources that Amazon does to control that entire infrastructure, are there ways that they can start to move in that direction technology-wise, that they can do something to sort of start to be able to compete on that front? Well, I think it's a a mix of technology and a little bit of relationships with their suppliers. I think like what can easily be overlooked is just the the participation of the suppliers that can make that successful. You know, are suppliers willing to give visibility into their manufacturing process? You know, because that can inform the shipper, the manufacturer on the amount of lead time that they need to match these demand spikes. So it's like, it's not just focusing on what's going on in my four walls, but what happens early on with the uh, suppliers and then what happens afterwards with my logistics. And this, again, goes back to why artificial intelligence is the conversation we're having right now because the uh, different data sources and different agendas within those data sources that if we could incorporate all of it, we could really have smart information, we can make smart decisions and we can do it much quicker. Because it would provide something that we didn't, necessarily see as obvious. Yeah, and I think the time to value is there too. Right. And you know, I'm curious as to see if if we'll see, you know, like just the notion of smartphones of being able to reach and understand the end consumer more clearly. You know, so if you look at a lot of storefronts, what they lack that Amazon has is the knowledge of what a customer may put in a shopping cart but not actually purchased. What are the customers browsing? What are they looking at? What are they considering? Because that can also inform, you know, decisions on how do I make that placing an item in my shopping cart translate into a sale? How do you replenish 
more accurately? And then how do you plan and forecast more accurately? So there, if you connect the IoT technology of, let's say, you have smart shelves that instantly know when an item's been removed, that's connected to your entire network, which is connected to your planning and demand sensing engine. You can, in theory, I mean, I guess this is probably the holy grail of AI and supply chain, is to perfectly automate those demand signals with the production and order process, and then knowing where those demand signals are coming from, you can orchestrate the entire transportation network to be able to deliver properly, right? Yeah, I think that perfect orchestration is Internet of Things, and then taking it one step further and being able to have the artificial intelligence make decisions based on all of that data, that's AI. That's the strategy. Do you think AI would be able to help in situations where, let's say there's a sudden unexpected disruption? You know, we've been dealing with a lot of... Natural disasters. Yeah, natural disasters or port strikes or even political events. That ability... I know that there's been instances where Twitter data would signal something about to happen and that's been fed into a lot of different like news AI and things like that. Do you see the potential for being able to mitigate disruptions as something that can really be solved with AI? Uh, definitely. That disruption is flagged in some data source. Maybe it's Twitter. Maybe it's the news feeds. But you know, I think where AI can connect that event with the proper parties that need to be notified and decision makers and raise it. You know, so an event that happens in Southeast Asia can translate into a notification on my smartphone with an alert of what took place and maybe even something prescriptive as to how to resolve it. And I think it's easy to talk about artificial intelligence in a pie in the sky sort of way. But the scenario that George is mentioning is I think one of the use cases we'll find sooner rather than later we're able to actualize. So then within the next I don't know, let's say a couple of years, what, what would you hope to see businesses try to do with AI in the supply chain? Like, where would you ideally like to see them start moving toward? I think broadening their data sources. So right now they have a lot of information regarding what happens within their own four walls, but taking data from their customers, data from their suppliers, their vendors, their LSPs, but also things like news data or Twitter, taking those feeds in as well. I'd love to see it, you know, so not just analyze those feeds, but present it in an easily consumable fashion. You know, so when I pull up my app and I'm monitoring the stock market, like that's incorporating events that are happening all over the world and putting it in my small screen so that I can make fast decisions on, do I want to buy, do I want to sell, or do I want to watch? Right. So it's simplifying these vast data stores. But also helping you make the decision, yeah. right? I want that help. I want it to tell me exactly what stock I should buy. Which one's going to make me a millionaire? Yeah. Buy, hold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's true. I, you know, and actually that kind of comes back full circle a little bit to the, to the fact that we, you know, first are seeing these applications and voice assistants because... Maybe that does get to a, a valid point, which is that all of this data and analysis is great, but if it doesn't feed back into a way that people can understand it, it's not quite useful, right? So I think that's a really good point that not only do these things have to be able to smartly analyze all this information, but they need to be able to present that information in a way that makes sense to people. Yeah, like it'll be great if AI can make these efficient decisions, but I also want to understand why it made that decision and what it's done. 
you know, like ultimately someone that, you know, me as an employee have to be able to report to and say that this took place because of X, Y, and Z, you know, as opposed to blind faith that, you know, this AI is making these decisions in my best interest. Right. That kind of gets into the whole scary, like Skynet Terminator (laughs) situation. And if you think about George's Netflix, the recommendations that Netflix gives you, it's good to know why they gave you the decision that they did. This is the recommendation and it's because you liked this show, this show and this movie. Otherwise, I think they're just going to be recommending Netflix originals. Right. It's kind of a check on Mm -hmm. special interests disguised as AI. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> Imagine Netflix could access my calendar and see a vacation day. <laughs> you, you have two hours free here. <laughs> Shall I schedule it? <laughs> cool. Well, thank you guys. I think this has been kind of interesting. It's an area that's still really in the early stages, and I think we're going to hear a lot more about it as time goes on. But I think it's kind of nice to sort of peel back the curtain a little bit and just see where all the hype is really at. So thank you guys. Thanks Thanks. for having me. Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Radio. You can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to write us at scr.podcast at info.com. You've been listening to Supply Chain Radio. (laughs) 